The Baptist State Convention of North Carolina proudly presents the Revitalize NC podcast. It is our aim to help pastors and leaders renew a passion for the gospel and a vision for the future in order to make disciples who make disciples. All right, well, welcome everyone again. I'm Terry Long. I'm your church revitalization strategist here at the Baptist State Convention, North Carolina, and this is the Revitalize NC podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss current issues in church revitalization that many churches and pastors are dealing with, with experts on the topic. And today we have a great guest, actually a couple of them, Dave Keene. Welcome, Dave. Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us also a little bit about your guest. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Terry, first for allowing uh, me to be on uh, here and be able to have this uh, conversation. Uh, I am uh, Dave Keene. I'm a pastor of Park Baptist Church uh, down in Rock Hill, South Carolina, uh, just south of uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. been there since 2012. Uh, started as a revitalization. I got there uh, about 70 people in membership. Um, average age was about 80 or 90. Uh, by God's grace, we have uh, kind of moved it towards a place of, of health. Uh, I married for 17 years to my wife, uh, Ellen, and we have three kids, 15, uh, 13, and 10. I also serve with the Pillar Network, helping uh, oversee their regional uh, strategy. Uh, today, I'm with my dear friend, uh, Thomas Broom. He's our uh, pastoral resident at Park Baptist Church. Yeah, so uh, I'm Thomas Broom. I'm 25. I'm a single guy. I just graduated from uh, Southern with my MDiv. Uh, in the spring, uh, I'm hanging out at Park. Been there since September, and uh, looking, being trained how to pastor, and looking forward to hopefully being involved in church revitalization work myself. Awesome guys! Well, so great to have you here, Dave and Thomas. And and uh, we've got a tough sub- subject today. This is pastoral authority. It's something that a lot of pastors, a lot of churches are dealing with, especially in in this COVID time. There's been a lot of difficult decisions to be made, and. I recognize, you know, when you're talking about pastoral authority of the subject, that there's tons of different connotations that everyone listening today is going to have. And so let's just let's just start out with this. Dave, give us your definition of what pastoral authority is and really the biblical definition. And with that, tell us what it is and what it isn't. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, so I think pastoral authority, we have to start where it comes from. Uh, pastoral authority is given to us by God um, in accordance with with His Word, right? So we have to say God God gives authority. God authority is good. It is right, uh, but is also only defined by what it's kind of laid out in the Word of God. Uh, and then you have to define, okay, what do what does this pastoral authority do? Uh, I, I think that you have to think through that the pastoral authority is is given uh, to help um, uh, pastors. Uh, lead, right, and to uh, oversee the the flock of God that the Holy Spirit has allowed them to be an overseer of. Uh, so uh, pastoral authority is not dictating. It's not telling their people all that what they can they can and cannot do. Uh, but pastoral authority is really wed by the Word of God. Uh, pastors have to teach and to exhort and to declare what God says in His Word, and not to go beyond that. Uh, so I think a healthy, wise pastor is one who is who is wedding his authority to the Word of God in his local context of his congregation. Yeah, give me a few, Dave, a few key scriptures that that uh, you really rely on and look to in this this area of pastoral authority and how they really guide you and what this topic is. Yeah, so for for me, I think one of my pastoral. Um, Verses, not just in regards to authority, but just all of my pastoral ministry, is um, Acts uh, twenty twenty eight. Right, pay careful attention to yourself, 
uh, and to the flock of God that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers of, which has been purchased uh, through the blood of Christ. Uh, I think that when we think about pastoral authority, the first thing that we have to do is we have to make sure that our own heart is right before the Lord. Uh, Because when you're dealing with pastoral authority, and even this topic in general, we bring it up because a lot of times people don't respond well to authority. They don't want to submit to authority. Uh, We know that that's that's the case because of what happened in the garden. Uh, People have an issue with God's authority, therefore they're going to have an issue with all authority. Uh, And we'll we'll talk about that in in, in specifically how that plays itself out in COVID. And we see how that has been magnified to to kind of an nth degree. Uh, But we have to make sure that our own hearts and our own lives is is right before the Lord. So we have to pay pay, pay careful attention to to ourselves and pay careful attention to the flock of God, right? So every single person in our congregation has issues both good and bad issues when it comes to authority. Some people may be too trusting of authority. Uh, some may, people may not be trusting enough. Uh, some people may have have seen beautiful authority in their home between a father and a mother who who had modeled authority well. Others have seen horrible examples in their homes. We're talking about abuse and uh, neglect and those who have maybe advocated their responsibility. And I know that I'm most people in my church, probably almost everyone in my church, I am not the only pastor that they've had. Uh, they've had good pastors who have been uh, outstanding in wielding their authority, and they may have had others pastors who have not, right, have been more domineering, more angry. So I want to make sure that when we're thinking about authority that I, I'm paying attention to myself and to the flock that the Holy Spirit's kind of given. That's that other part is that the Holy Spirit is the one who's brought these people, right? The Holy Spirit says, I want you to shepherd these people. Uh, I want you to care for these people. And God has set me with my giftings and my strengths to be their shepherd, right? Under the uh, the, the good shepherd, right? the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and we do that to... Um, because they're precious, right? That's the end of the scripture. It says that they were purchased through the blood of Christ. Uh, the, the, the people that we have in, in our in our congregations who may not be responding well to our authority, who may be challenging our authority, they have been purchased. They've been bought with the blood of the Lamb. They are infinitely valuable in God's eyes. Uh, so that just kind of gives me a little bit of a, a check when I approach my own authority, realizing that these people have been given to me by God as a gift to shepherd and to care for them uh, because they are valuable in his sight, so valuable that Jesus Christ laid down his life for them. And my job as a pastor is to help them become more and more like Christ. Yeah. So Thomas, add a little bit to that, um, just from your own perspective, as, as far as being a young pastor. Um, you know, obviously, as a young pastor, you're always looking for some some guardrails, some some guide um, from Scripture that you don't want to go too far to the to one side or the other. And so, what what's some guy some guardrails that you have from Scripture on exercising pastoral authority for yourself? Yeah, just just internally thinking through that and trying to apply it to myself. Uh, I'm in I'm in First Timothy three right now. I'm just sitting here looking at this. The the first thing that we get from Paul to Timothy, the pastor. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, right? And then you get the rest of this list, which I think is mainly unpacking different characteristics of how that is to be expressed. Here's what that here's what that means for your life. So yeah, when you think about authority, um, especially I'm concerned about it applying to myself, you're very concerned about the nature and character of the person exercising that authority, right? Um, that seems to be very much what what Paul's concerned with, and that's what the what the office of pastor is to be concerned with. But uh, I think I think it's even probably a little bigger than that for for me as someone who thinks about preaching a lot. Uh, to be a pastor to preach well, like what you what you say is is all wrapped up in who you are, 
right? Uh, for, for people to hear you well, you have to legitimately be the person who's able to proclaim that message without being a stumbling block for your hearers. So yeah, I think the the character, the nature, the the ethos of a person, if you will, is is vital to uh, to exercising authority well. Yeah, and I think what both of you guys hit on really well is is that our authority comes from Christ first, and if we're not falling under His authority, we have no authority. Um, so that's that's really well said. And so I think you know every pastor, you know, and, and every really every person listening today in their congregation, you know, matter everybody's got um, their roles, and everybody has different different. Uh, whether it's a committee they're serving on, if they're pastoring, if they're you know a, a, a husband and they're with their wife or wife with their kids and all those things, that we really have got to be looking to to Christ and submitting to His authority first before we exercise this out. So that's a that's a great great guiding principle for Scripture and and uh, one I think we all need to apply after this podcast for sure. So tell me, guys. So let's let's start talking where the the rubber meets the road. Um, COVID's been a tough time none of us listening to this podcast would 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 doubt that or would disagree with that and um i know each of you sitting in your chairs and in your roles coming from different contexts and different backgrounds and working with different churches before this last two years and especially in this two years have seen um this this pastoral authority um subject really play out with a lot of decisions that churches are making so Thomas, I'm going to start with you on this one. How are you current, currently seeing pastors and churches struggle through this issue in a real-life setting and what you've experienced? Yeah, so in, in the recent past, I've obviously you know just come out of seminary, so I was in different contexts there and served in different ministry capacities uh, in that transition. Uh, just to just to put it really uh, candidly for you, I, I think my concern and maybe helpful language here is to think about Jonathan Lehman. I think has done a good job of packaging this, like the authority of command, the authority of counsel. Church has the authority of counsel. Pastors have the authority of counsel. And where we've where we've run into issues here is I've just flat out seen people try to exercise an authority of command uh, in the local church. And so when you when you end up coming off not like a shepherd but like a uh, like an arm twister or like a, an arm bender, a wrist twister. Um, yeah, and that, that authority, um, mis, mis, that misappropriated authority, I think, is causing a, a lot of issues in, uh, in, in the local church. Gotcha. Dave, jump in there because I know you obviously have dealt a lot with a lot of churches, including your own, on this, this uh, loving interaction between yes, pastor yes. and the bride of Christ and how that plays out. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing. Well, right I now. will first say that uh, Thomas and I were talking about this I- issue uh, on our on our drive in, and, and, and Thomas says, "I'm really glad that I w- was not a pastor <laughs> over the last several years, so I could just be able to sit back and watch how these things played out." You know, so in, in my congregation, uh, when I first became a pastor, and we were kind of making some changes and working for revitalization, I had a lots of challenges to my authority. Right, and we kind of hit a sweet spot right around year five year six and year seven, it was just kind of glorious. People got along, there was unity, there was joy, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, complaints or conflict. And then COVID hit. And it felt like all the unity and the joy and that we held so close and so easily for two, uh, three years was just hanging on by a thread. Um, Because it wasn't just COVID. I mean, over the last 18 months, I mean, of course, we're having COVID and people are having very strong opinions on masks, whether we should wear them, whether we should wear them, whether we should gather inside, whether we should gather outside, whether we should gather at all versus whether we should never stop gathering, right? Um, You have all those kind of questions. And then you have, you know, the, you know, 
the questions of what's going on with all the different things with politics, right? And, you know, people talking about how often pastors should be speaking about politics and all these different kind of things. And, and of course, the, the issues of COVID and mass became a politicized issue. And then on top of that, all the, the racial tension that was going on in our country and how pastors should respond or how they should not respond, how often they speak about it, how, how, they, how they shouldn't speak about it. You know, I was preaching through Ecclesiastes and it felt like while I was writing my sermon, thinking through what to say to my people, to, to shepherd them so they could become more like Christ, I felt like I had to rebuke two sides of my congregation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because people were not seeing each other well. Um, and, and and I think that, you know, Thomas makes a good point, this idea that when you're, um, as, a, as an elder pastor, we don't have the authority of command. Uh, that's the church's job. The church has, has given the keys and they exercise those. As pastors, we counsel. Uh, and there's nothing in the scriptures that is directly say whether or not you should or should not wear a mask in a worship service, right? Uh, but we can apply principles from God's word uh, to our people to help them think through those things. I think what made it even more challenging, that most of the, the, I think that the thing that pastors are feeling the most is that people are very, very very confident on their side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they feel like they have the right to push back against the authority of a pastor um, because they think they know better than the pastor. It feels like all of a sudden we have experts on, you know, viruses, virologists, and, you know, all these uh, experts on on race in our congregation, and and they're speaking with such authority. It's not wrong for people to have opinions. It's not wrong for people to have to have convictions. But how people have been wielding those convictions have been very, very taxing on pastors. And I would say that I think some pastors have have gone beyond, right, what I think the Bible has, te- has taught, right? And they have moved into declaring things about COVID and about the responses to COVID that may be even going beyond the Word of God. And there hasn't been as much nuance. And we just know that life is a little bit more new about nuance in these days. I mean, there's things that are black and white, but there's a lot of things that are gray and that we need pastoral wisdom and pastoral sensitivity in terms of how to apply it. And I have just talked to pastors all throughout the country during the last 18 months who have been sincerely discouraged. They've been, they've been worn down. They feel overwhelmed. They don't know if they want to continue in the ministry. And that may be people here like, I'm not sure if I could continue to take this constant barrage of challenging my own authority, um, my pastoral authority. And I would just say um, to you, my, my, my fellow brother pastor, hang in there, uh, press on, right? Uh, God has called you for a time such as this. He has given you the, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Uh, he who is in you is stronger than he is in the world. The world is meant to divide us, but we are meant to be one in Christ. And if we could hold on our unity, right? Mm. Uh, In the church, what we are going to do, we are going to display the glory of God to a watching world. Because even more now, the world sees division. They see chaos. They see brokenness. And if they come into the church and they see the same, what do we have to offer them, right? But if we are a unified people who have diverse opinion, diverse ideas, who have strong convictions, but hold them in love towards one another— oh my goodness, people are going to come in and they're going to get a taste of the glory of God. And that's what we have to remember during these times. Amen. Thomas, you want to piggyback on that a little bit? Just tell us from some different settings, um, some things that you've seen um, really on a grassroots level of some of the interaction with congregations and pastors through this time. And, and you know, you can even share on the personal note, just the hurt from the heart, you know, being a guy that's coming into pastorate, just, just what, what you're seeing on the horizon for what you may be dealing with. Yeah, um, yeah. Dave references a minute ago, but the whole time I'm 
you know, COVID hits the fan while I'm at Southern Seminary and I'm telling people first week, I'm so glad I get to watch other people walk through this <laughs> and handle this and get to be a student during this time, right? Um, yeah, and so things things that I've learned or things that I've observed, yeah, I think I think some of the COVID rebukes uh, probably came off too strong in context that I saw, like where you, uh, I, I, I got to watch pastors directly tell people, here's what you're wrong for this particular response and here's what your response should be. And like Dave's saying, I just think it's, I think it's a little too strong, especially uh, first response, right? I mean, it's a, that's a different conversation if you've observed a person's pattern of life for X amount of months. It's very different though when it's like, hey, you know, this is very new. We have no idea what's going on. You've been out of church for two weeks and this is like, you know, I, I, I think you've just watched people assume some things instead of coming to the table with questions. And I, I think that's how pastoral authority has to be exercised. We have to get uh, data before we tr- try to do the surgical repair. And and yeah, I, I haven't, uh, there have definitely been uh, mistakes with that. So I, I just think being honest about actually the cards we've been dealt, like the biblical data we have to bring to the table to think through issues um, is where we kind of have to stop. And, and I do think there is some, uh, there, there's more gray area than that I've seen some folks act like exist. I mean, and I would, I'll even add to this just a little bit of content. You know, where there's gray and it's not unbiblical, submit to your pastor's authority. You know, this is, you know, I'll just step forward there and say, you know, if, if he's not doing something that's unbiblical, um, it may be not your preference, but if it's not unbiblical and we know it biblically, it's a gray area, you know, I think that's a real great opportunity for to do what you said, Dave, L- love your pastor like you'd love yourself, right? Yeah, love your neighbor like you would love yourself. Amen. I don't think we hit on that side. A lot of times it's, you know, how how can we love those outside the church? But man, love your pastor like you love yourself as well. So. Yeah, and I would just add, I mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, my congregation was very gracious to me. Uh, many in my congregation would come to me and say, I understand how difficult this is. Um, hey, I know that here's my opinions. And um, and I think they, they honored me by saying, listen, I disagree with what you're thinking about this, um, but I respect that you. this is a tough call and I don't really know how, you, how you're doing it. You know, one of the things I, I just think during this time, because there's so much has happened behind a screen and it kind of feels like so many bombs have been kind of thrown out on social media and kind of trying to blow up all the people who are on the other side. We just really need to humanize one another, mm-hmm. and and I, I just say pe- pastors need to be humanized. Uh, we're we don't always know what to do, right? Uh, we're trying to balance, um, you know, the the nervousness and the cautiousness in our own homes and with our own parents and our own kids when they're battling COVID, and you know, and then all of a sudden, like how they're how they're handling not being being around their friends and maybe extra house guests that we had during COVID. You're trying to balance all that stuff. You don't always know. You're not always thinking clearly on how to make all these decisions. Uh, we're human beings, and I think that the Lord, uh, He remembers us. He knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. And I think it'd be good for our, um, all the congregations out there who are listening. Hey, our, our pastor is a is a good, godly man, but he is a human man, and therefore he's not going to do things perfectly. Um, so let's just treat him as such. Yeah. So I love this. I love that as a segue to our final questions. And uh, we're going to have kind of a Paul Timothy type situation here. And so, Dave, I want you to speak to these final questions in in kind of the Paul role. So we're talking about we're talking about Thomas. He is uh, he's about to um, go and, and start his first pastorate, and you're speaking to the congregation that he is going to pastor. And so from this context of pastoral authority, 
on his behalf, what would you like to tell that congregation when you're interacting with them saying, hey, you know, this is this is a young guy. This is how I would like to set set him up or set you up as you interact with him on this subject of pastoral authority. What would you what would you say to the congregation? Yeah, I would say, hey, you are so blessed. Uh, Thomas is a godly man who loves God's word. He is a man of high character, and he has been given to you as a gift. The Most High, Sovereign, Almighty, wise God has given you a good gift in a pastor who loves God's word and wants to shepherd your soul. Right. So you need to understand when this man steps into this pulpit and steps to be your pastor, he's a gift to you. Right. Uh, all pastors are gifts to the church so that they could be built up to more into the knowledge uh, and wisdom and, and, and stature of Christ. Um, getting that from Ephesians 4. And then I would just challenge them. I'd say, listen, you as a congregation are going to be held accountable before God how you submit to your pastor's authority. Uh, the Bible is very clear in Hebrews 13, 17. Submit to your leaders. Submit to your elders. Right. Uh, for they're going to give an account for your soul. Thomas is going to have to stand before God one day and give an account for the for the for the care of his sheep, right? The the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd. But you're going to be held accountable how you respond to his authority, right? You read through time and time again how people responded to Moses' authority in the Old Testament, and you saw that everyone who bucked against God's anointed, there was challenge, right? And I want I want to encourage you even now not to. Uh, challenge his authority, but to joyfully submit. Because when you joyfully submit and follow him, you will get a better shepherd. You will get a more, um, uh, you get a shepherd who wants to serve you more. Amen. Um, and I would just say that, um, you know, First Thessalonians 5 is a wonderful verse, right? We want to esteem those who are over us in love for their work of labor, right? Uh, he wants to labor for you. He wants to serve you. He wants to, to give you his life. He wants to lay down his life like the Lord Jesus and, 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 and not to, to lord his authority over you, but he wants to serve you. He wants you to become more like Jesus. The end goal of his ministry is that you would make it to heaven, right? That you could experience those wonderful words, well done, my good and faithful servants, enter into the joy of your master. And when you respond to his authority in such a way, that's the end goal, but not just the end goal for yourself, but for the whole entire congregation. Um, so understand that, that that Thomas is a gift to you. All pastors are gifts and submit to them for your good, right? And for the glory of God. Amen. Okay. So Thomas, this is your one opportunity right now. So before, before you take a pastorate, this is the hypothetical. You're, you're going before the congregation and you're saying, hey, I'm your new pastor. This is what I want you to know about how I handle this pastoral authority. Um, this is this is who I am. These are these are my weaknesses. I'm not a perfect man. How how do you, as as someone that you know, in the not too distant future, that's going to take you know your first pastorate, what do you share with them about this situation and you entering into their into their pastorate? Yeah. So Terry, in this in this ideal world you've created, where you to have an honest conversation <laughs> yeah. with these people, yeah, I well, you're, think you're having it now because you're not going to get to have it later. I, you think I'll get to refer them to this podcast? Someday, probably maybe? not. Um, they, but they'll they'll probably find it. I promise. Maybe you. I would. Uh, yeah, I think what I would want to, if I could just candidly say it, I would probably say, let's recognize there's a distinction between serving and shepherding, right? So as I'm going to weekly challenge you to serve, be involved in the work of ministry, you got to understand that I'm the one who's been charged and I'm going to have to go and account for how I shepherd you as a flock. So you're going to serve, but I have to shepherd that serving. Um, and I'm thinking right there, just First uh, Peter 5, 2, right? You're a shepherd of the flock that's among you. So, so even as an under-shepherd, there's a legitimate local flock, right? And so and I guess where what I, what I want to draw out of that is even in the midst of serving and loving and discipling and evangelizing, like 
that's happening under the banner of the local church, right? And so as a shepherd, that's coming back to the shepherd, right? How his people are are serving. So absolutely, I want my people to serve. I want my people to be uh, getting after it, like to to a to an infinite degree. Um, but yeah, that that doesn't discipleship's not disconnected from the local church. And I can I just add this? I think that um, when you understand when you buck against your pastor's authority, you're not just hurting your pastor, you're hurting your fellow church members mm. because the pastor needs energy and strength to shepherd all of God's people. And if you're constantly bucking up against his authority, you tire him out. He becomes weary. And a weary pastor, is it's hard to be a joyful, um, Christ-honoring pastor. So you're not just hurting hurting your pastor, but you're holding, hurting all of God's flock. And you're not just hurting all of God's flock, but you're hurting those who are outside our walls who, who need the gospel, right? I mean, I love what Paul says. He says, do everything without arguing and complaining. Why? As you hold up the word of life. So you can be, you know, they're not uh, pure children in this crooked generation. Like every time you complain and you argue and you're constantly pushing against your pastor's authority, what, what happens is, is that you take your eyes off the lost or outside. Right, so this is not something that is a small thing. Now, now we all know that pastors can can wield their authority in an ungodly way. Right, some of the worst kind of of um, sins are those who are in positions of power: pastors, um, husbands, fathers, who misuse their authority. Right, so we want to 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 hear that and we want to lean into that. But when you don't respond to authority well, there's also tremendous damage. Yeah, and I would say when you don't respond to, to Christ-like, Christ-given authority well, because um, we talked about grieving your fellow members, but you're also grieving the Holy Spirit. You're grieving God, the Holy Spirit, that um, you know s- that He is speaking and saying, "Man, this is my servant. This is who I put in place. This is who is is trying at the best of His ability to lead you the way I would lead you," and you're bucking Him. I tell you, if, if congregations could step back and think of it that way, and, and what you've said, Dave, is right on. We've not done that during COVID. We've not done that in our tribal culture. We've not done that in our social media culture. We just step back and really look at what Scripture would speak to us and how the Lord would speak through His Scripture to us. So great word, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip here, Dave, with you a few piece of, pieces of advice moving forward for pastors going into 2022 as they work with their congregations, specifically when it comes to COVID or issues that are still out there as they're as they're making decisions. Yeah, I think I mean, one, just love your people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I wouldn't say anything different than I said before. You know, love God, right? Have a have a close relationship with Him. You're not defined by your uh, success in your ministry or how people respond to you. You are defined by your relationship with Christ. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So love God, but really just love your people, right? Understand that they are but dust, right? And be tender, be compassionate with them. I think, you know, uh, The Gentle and Lonely Book by Ortland is a wonderful meditation of how Christ had this kind of compassion for his people. And that's the kind of heart that we need to have for our own people. I think there's times in, in my own ministry where I have been frustrated with people because they haven't gathered. Why are you not gathering yet, right? There's this this thing kind of rises up in me. You know God's word says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Um, and yet, there's, then I, I get to enter into their space and ask them, hey, what's going on? Why are you doing that? Well, here's the things that are happening in our life. 
Here's the concerns. Here's the danger. We just don't know what to do, Pastor. And I'm like, oh, I'm so arrogant, right? Mm. And I'm so, you know, um, impatient, right? And God calls us to be patient. Um, And I would just, you know, charge you, Brother Pastor, is to lead with a gentle, godly, tender authority. Because when you do that, the people in your care will flourish, right? And we see that all throughout the Proverbs, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the wicked are in power, the people hide. Um, And if you are wielding your authority in an ungodly way, the people will hide. They'll hide from you. They'll hide from Christ. They'll hide from, from one another. So if you are righteous and godly and gentle and caring and tender, oh my goodness, people will be will come to you. Why? Because that's the heart of our shepherd, right? We want to model the, the chief shepherd. And who is the chief shepherd? He's gentle and lowly. And he says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Wouldn't that be a great message for the church to take into 2022, right? Hey, come to Christ. Come, come to me as an under-shepherd of Christ, for I want to live the, the life of Christ before you as gentle and lowly so that you could find rest for your weary souls. Uh, so, Brother Pastor, keep pressing on um, for, the, for the goals worth it as we think about that day when the chief shepherd shall return and give us an unfading crown of glory. Every single act of a challenge, every single act of patience that we do for our people will be rewarded on that day. Amen. And, you know, when, when your people don't respond to that Christ-like authority, Exodus 14 is very clear. The Lord will fight for you, and you must just be still. So the Lord Lord takes care of all that for us. So, guys, this is your opportunity. This is final thoughts. Anything that we have not talked about today that you think is so important for congregations or pastors to hear on this this subject? And I, Thomas, I want to start with you. Uh, yeah, so this, this isn't a new thought, um, but if there's anything that I would love to be the theme of this podcast. I think we've walked all around it, but I'm just looking here in Romans 13. There is no authority except from God. And, and in context, we're talking about, let's even talk about secular authority. You know, how how much more prevalent is that for us when we think about authority in the local church? It's There's no authority except from God. So if, yeah, if we could just be reminded of anything, pastors and congregations alike, is let's not disassociate uh, the the pastorate from the call and the leading of God in that pastor's life. There's there there's there's weight there that can't be undercut. And and when you talk about someone who's proven themselves as able to handle the word, you're talking about someone who, for thirty or forty minutes a week, his you've you've taken your worship service. And this isn't these aren't my words. I'm stealing from another pillar network pastor, but he's. You've spent all service taking the congregation's eyes and we're all facing God. And for 30 or 40 minutes, you're talking about the guy who's been entrusted to to now turn and look at you and represent God. He, he's In as much as he rightfully handles the word, he's literally speaking for God. Uh, there's just a lot of weight there. And so I think we as pastors had better remember that. And if we're going to be good congregants, we, we would do well to remember that as well. Amen. Amen. Dave? Final thoughts here as we walk the rest of this out into 2022? Uh, yeah, I would just remind people that authority is good. I mean, Thomas just hit on the head. I mean, authority is from God, and it is good, right? And I think that everything that you see in the in the natural, fleshly human heart, right, the heart of Adam, is that we challenge authority, right? Those who are in Christ joyfully submit to authority, 
That's what the Lord Jesus Christ did, right? Not my will, but thy will be done, right? Jesus Christ submitted to the Father, even to the point of death. Therefore, God exalted him to the higher place and gave him the name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I'm just reminded of uh, 2 Samuel 23, a great reminder of the last words of David. Uh, I'll read it to you. It says, Now these are the last words of David, the oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of a man who was raised on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. I pray that would be our our hearts as pastors moving into 2020. Amen. Amen. Brother Thomas, Brother Dave, thank you guys so much for being here. I hope that you listening, uh, wherever you're listening, your car, at home, uh, getting ready in the airport, that you this has meant a lot to you, both as pastors and congregation members and leaders within your church. Take this and really dwell on it and use it and get into Scripture yourself as, as we walk this out going into 2022. I want to take a moment to remind you about an all-new website designed to help churches in these continually changing times. It's the Reimagine NC website, and it's full of tools and tips and resources for churches and leaders to think about new ways of approaching ministry. I really believe that will help you. It's great content in that area and in all areas of ministry. We look forward to seeing you here next time on our Revitalize NC podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your partnership in the gospel through your generous support of the cooperative program. For more resources and information, visit our website at revitalizenc.org.